So for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Michael Davis. Um, born in Tonawanda with my family sitting right here. Um, for the past three years, um, I have been working with SCORE, helping out um, as a missionary over there. And I started three years ago, and I remember coming up here on stage three years or so ago and talking to you about what I was doing as a student. And now I'm, I'm a missionary helping out with SCORE. Um, so today I'm super grateful to be able to, to share with you guys what, what I've been doing and what the Word of God has shown me. Um, so I'm going to share something that most people think is just for missionaries. It's the missionary passage. It's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission um, is Matthew 28, so we're going to be there pretty soon. Um, but for me, it's been able to, to see something special about that, that it's not just for missionaries. It's not just for those people who are supposed to go out to other countries. It's for all of us, that we're all missionaries, that we're all able to go out into our spheres of influence, into the people that God has placed us around, and we're able to make disciples. Um, this is the goal of the Great Commission, um, and so this is what I've been learning these past three years, and I hope to share something that you guys can understand and I can communicate clearly, uh, that the Word of God has, has power for us today. Um, so before we open up, um, I would just like to pray, asking God for assistance that, that I can communicate clearly, that his word can be spoken truly, um, and that change can happen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, thank you so much to come to this church that, that I've been able to come to a couple years back um, and be able to see just people wanting to come to worship you. Um, and just a desire for people to walk worthy of you, God. Um, I pray for, for myself today that you can help me communicate your word correctly and accurately and coherently. Um, God, as your word is powerful, your word is true. Um, help us to understand what, what this passage means, what, what you have commissioned us to do, and what our responsibility is to do that. Um, God, I pray by your Holy Spirit you will help us to, to be encouraged, to be convicted, to be challenged, um, so that we can walk in a way that is pleasing, that is honoring to you. Um, so God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, we're going to be going in Matthew 28. So if you can open your Bibles to Matthew 28, we're going to be looking at the Great Commission starting in verse 16. Matthew 28, verses 16. And it says... Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." So we see here something very special that, that Jesus is saying. These are some of Jesus' last words. Um, so it's very important that, that we pay attention to that. It's very important that we listen to what Jesus has to say to us. Um, so in this passage, there are three things that I want us to focus on today. The first one is authority. Jesus is talking about his authority. Number two is, is his commission to us, that we are, go, we are to go and do something. We are to go and make disciples of all nations. And thirdly, um, the promise that Jesus gives is that he will be with us 
to the very end of the age. So these three things are very important in our understanding of what the Great Commission is. So, like I said, we're going to first start off with Jesus' authority. He says, all authority has been given to me. So he's on the Mount um, of, of Galilee here when he's speaking this. And he's bringing his 11 disciples, the people he walked with, the people he, he lived with, the people he did life with. Um, he brings them with, with him here. But this also reminds me of another passage of scripture earlier on in Matthew. Um, as each author has their own purpose in writing, um, they're, they're trying to make a point as to why they're writing. So very quickly, I'm going to look at just another passage. You guys don't have to turn there. I just want you guys to, to see this real quick. But it takes place in Matthew 4. And Matthew 4 is the temptation where Jesus takes, uh, or Satan is tempting Jesus. Um, so we need to understand that when we read this. So let me read this real quick. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and sent him on the, on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then this is, this is the important part in verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So we see here in Matthew, uh, Matthew 4, in this temptation, Satan is tempting Jesus' authority. He is saying, I have authority on earth. If you bow down and worship me, Jesus, I will give you this authority. So then we come to the end of, of Matthew, and we, we begin to see Jesus bringing his disciples on, onto the mountain, to this place. And he is the one saying, truly, I have the authority. God has given me the authority so that now I have the authority and I'm giving this to you. So when we understand Jesus has the authority, he commissions us to do something. So it's not just authority for authority's sake. Jesus has the authority. He is telling his disciples, and it's also us today, he is commissioning us to go out and do something. So when we understand this, we then have to further look at, okay, what is, what is Jesus commissioning us to do? Um, so Matthew is showing us that, that Jesus is, is the king. He has the authority. He has the rule and the power. So then as we, as we continue to read, we see that, as Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples. So we need to know what Jesus is saying, because if we want to please Jesus, if we want to walk in a way that is honoring to him, we need to know what exactly he's saying. So understanding this passage, we need to understand a little bit of, of the language and I ain't no good in English, so I apologize for that. But I didn't do the best in my English classes in high school. But what I do understand from, from studying this and, and the little bit I know about, about Greek is that there are certain verbs that are imperative. There is a command, go out, you need to do this, this is a command. And then there are certain things called participles, which 
aid and support what it is that you're trying to say. So if you're in a home and you say, an example, clean the kitchen, wash the dishes, sweep the floor, clean the countertop. The main imperative, the main command is clean the kitchen. But then inside of that are, are three things, is to wash, is to sweep, is to, is to clean. And so we see these things as aiding and supporting that main command. And so we see here the main command as, as we understand this, it's not to go. A lot of people, especially missionaries that I've, I've worked with, they believe that the main is just to go. That's why they're missionaries. They need to go out to other countries and, and, and do that. While that is part of it, the main thing is to make disciples. We are to make disciples of all nations. Um, and so here's how sometimes we can get this wrong. Here's how sometimes we can misunderstand this. I need somebody I can pick on. Ron. I know Ron. He's, he's our catcher in softball, so I can pick on, on him a little bit. So if I tell Ron right now, I'm like, hey, can you go to, go to Wegmans right now? Get me a Pepsi. I need, I need a Pepsi right now. So Ron gets in his truck. He heads out. He starts going to, to Wegmans. And so he goes to the, the Coke aisle. He gets everything. And he gets the Pepsi. He, he looks at it. He's like, OK, this is a good Pepsi. It's not dented. It's not broken. Everything's good with it. I know Ron, he'd probably take a couple selfies with it. He'd be like, I got it. Looks good. Um, so then he comes back, and I'm like, hey, Ron, do you have my Coke? He's like, no, I, I didn't get it for you. I'm like, I wanted you to go out, buy me a Coke, and bring it back to me. But he's like, I went to the store. I took selfies with it. I made sure it looked good. I did that. And I think sometimes that's what we do when we understand this passage. It's not about going. It's not about thinking about what, what, what it is that you're trying to do that it's about obe ob obedience to what Jesus has called us to do. It is going out and to make disciples. So when we understand that our imperative, the command that Jesus is giving us, is to go and make disciples, we need to understand what is a disciple? What is, what is this that, that Jesus and all throughout the gospel is talking to us about a disciple? Um, sometimes we use words that are, are very general and, and don't really necessarily have a definitive definition. And I know I can't bring that all out today, but I want to help us give a clear understanding of what is a disciple. So when we understand this, a disciple is simply just a learner. A disciple is somebody who is going to be learning under somebody. And so it was actually funny this, this week Every Wednesday, I go, to, I go to my grandmother's house, uh, best place to be on a Wednesday. And so I go, and we usually end up talking about um, my stories I hear from my grandmother. And, and a lot of the times, they go back to my grandpa. I never met him, um, but just, just cool stories I got to hear of him, of him and my grandmother going on a boat and, and, and fishing and catching two sailfish on one line, or um, just, just funny stories of him accidentally shooting their dog with a bow and arrow, shooting, shooting down their driveway and stuff like that. Um, but this past Wednesday, we were talking, um, and it just really got me thinking of my grandfather. And my grandmother was telling me just how, how much of a protector he was of her. That even their kids, my dad and my aunt, they wouldn't come and, and hurt my grandmother. My, my grandpa, grandfather would step in the way. He's like, you don't do this. Um, and so that little example there, that little illustration, is something of a disciple. I want to 
look and be like and become like my grandfather. Even though I have not met him, I want to, to live in the stories that my grandmother told, told me about. Like, he seems like a great guy, and, and when I see him in heaven, I want to I wanna chat with him because he seems like a great guy. And so, in that essence, is, is what it looks like to be a disciple. Jesus is obviously not here with us today. We can't walk around and be with him. But when we are a disciple, we're a learner. Um, we need to, 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 to be somebody who knows Jesus. So we do that by reading. We do that by studying. We do that by praying. Um, scripture has given us that ability to do so. And so um, this involves work. We need to, to walk if we want to be a disciple, we need to walk in the dust of Jesus. That as Jesus walks with his Christian crusaders down the dirt roads of Jerusalem, we need to walk right behind him and walk as Jesus had walked. So it involves being a learner. It involves work. It involves um, time. And it involves effort. Um, so you might think that you're doing that while, while reading, while studying scripture, while praying. But... I want to call you to do something greater. I want to call you to do something more intentional as to be a disciple of Jesus. That we need to be intentional as, as you have a romantic relationship as, you, romantic relationship as you have somebody that you are pursuing. You want to be intentional with them. You want to spend time with them. You want to get to know why they do things and what they do. So when we read, we need to be active participants in scripture. We need to ask questions about what Jesus is doing. That when we see Jesus heal a lame man that was brought in from, from the roof because the, the place was crowded and, and they couldn't get in, why does Jesus have compassion? Why does he heal this man? Um, when we see that there was a man born blind and Jesus spits in his hand and, clean, and, and wipes the stuff out of his eyes, why does Jesus do this? Why, why does Jesus do these kinds of things? Um, and so when we, when we do this, when we are a good learner, when we are an active learner, we can understand, okay, Jesus is the healer. Jesus had healed a lame man. He, ha he healed a blind man. He healed numerous amounts of people. But he, he came to us to show that he's more than just a physical healer, that he is the healer of our spiritual need, that we are in bondage, that we can't have life outside of Jesus that it is through Jesus, as John 15 says, that he, he is the vine, that we are connected in through him, and that that is the way that we have life. And so when we see that Jesus has, has power to, to heal a storm, that when they're in the boat, they're rocking, and I've been a little bit seasick before, and I can just imagine the disciples just rocking in the boat. But when Jesus has the power, he says, be still, and the waves are still. What does that mean? What, why does Jesus do that? Jesus is showing us something special that he has power over the, the natural. He has power over circumstances, over things that are happening to show us that we can have trust in him because he is powerful over all of our circumstances, over everything, that he is in control of our life. So we need to understand and we need to be good learners. We need to be active in, in our participation in this, that we need to use our minds to think and question um, why Jesus had done these things so that we can love him deeper, that we can have a deeper love for him. Secondly, to be a good disciple, we need to be a liver of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking like a, a physical organ liver, but we need to be a liver of Jesus, that we're all bombarded with ideas, with philosophies, with beliefs. Um, 
a lot of people just want to be different for different sake. They, they, they just want to be so set apart than everybody that they just, they, they can't stand being on the normal grouped in people. And so they want to be unique for unique sake. But I got news for you. Everybody's following something. Everybody is following some path in life. Everybody's following some idea or philosophy. Um, and so it just depends on what you're following. Um, so when we understand this, it depends on our view of Jesus and our view of the world. Because the world says that we should only care about ourselves. We should only worry about our, our, our four walls in our house, make sure everything's set with our, with our house, with our family, um, make sure that we have the bills paid, make sure we have all this stuff taken care of um, so that if we need to, we can be manipulate, manipulative, we can be greedy, we can be rude, we can be cold to people because only thing that matters is us. Or the world will t tell us that it's only about our pleasure, what it is that we want in life. So whether it's a relationship or whether it's um, a certain job, that we can do whatever it is that we want for our pleasure. And so the world also tells us that we can make up our own truth. We can make up what it is that we want to be true because we are our own gods and we can make truth our way. But Jesus tells us something different. Jesus tells us um, that we are to be followers after him. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So we need to be the disciple of Jesus. We need to be conformed to his image. We need to be a light that represents Jesus and who he is to the world. Because in my understanding, this is how it always has been. This is how God had designed the world to be and how it is that we are to live our life today, to go out in this light and be a representation of, Je of Jesus. How I understand this and how I can't, came to know this is understanding Genesis. When we come to Genesis, we see God has created everything. God is the author of life. He is the creator. Um, and so when we get to, to Genesis 1, um, 26, it says, Jesus is, uh, or God, God is speaking, let us make man in our image. So that as man, as Adam and Eve were made, they were imprinted. They had the stamp of, of the image of God on them. Very distinct, completely different than anything else in all of creation. That no trees, no mountains, no Niagara Falls beauty has the same imprint of God as we do. As, as humanity, we have that. And so when we understand our image, that it is that we have that of God's image on us. When we continue reading in Genesis, we see Jesus' or, or God's command is be fruitful and multiply. So part of that is, yes, go out and make babies, go out and fill this earth with, with children. But also part of that is go out and as my image bearers, as, cre as creations made in the image of God, we are to go out and fill the earth with God's image, that we are to be disciple makers and disciples of Jesus to fill this earth with God's image. So when we understand that, we can have a better understanding of what a disciple is and our responsibility and purpose in this, that it is to go out as a disciple of Jesus, as an image bearer of God, my duty, my responsibility is to go out into the world and share that with everybody, to be a representation of who Christ is, as if Christ was living today, 
I am to go out and be a representation of that. So when we understand what, what it is, what a disciple is, um, Jesus also makes it clear on how it is that we are to look like. So I'll just reread the passages so it's fresh in our memory of Matthew 28. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So this is another important part in understanding the Great Commission. So we understand what a disciple is, that we are image bearers, that we are representations of Christ. So how is it that we are to do this? Jesus doesn't just let us be like, okay, that's it, go out and do it. He, he tells us how it is that we are to do it. So first he tells us, you are to go and make disciples. So in our going, we are to make disciples of all the, all the nations. So that means every day, every moment, in our day-to-day -day life, we are to go out and make disciples. So that means when you're driving your kid to soccer, soccer practice or baseball practice, it's an opportunity to represent who Christ is. When you're at work and you're eating lunch with your coworkers and you're talking with them and you're building relationships, it's an opportunity to share the love of Christ and to represent who Jesus is to them. You have a whole number of examples and illustrations you can use but Jesus is telling us here that it is an every moment, every day kind of thing. That it is, as you are going, we are to make disciples. Um, so think about this. Think about this for yourselves. How is it that you can do this? In your going, how are you making disciples? And so another part of, of what this looks like is, is following that up, is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So, Jesus is saying here, it's important for us to be baptized, as it is an identification of who we are in Christ. That baptism is, I am going to be baptized, I am going to be immersed in who, um, in what I believe that Jesus Christ has died for my salvation. I'm going to be immersed in that, and I'm going to identify myself as a follower of Christ, as somebody who wants to live and to walk and to breathe like Jesus. So it's an identification of, of who we are. So we are to be baptized, and we are to share the good news with others so that they will become baptized. And I'm not saying baptism is the, the path to our salvation because we know that it is singly, solely the path of Jesus, that we, when we understand the cross, when we understand our sinfulness, that we have pushed aside God, that we have not wanted him, that we have wanted to do it our own way, and when we understand that the cross breaks us of our sin, breaks us of our pride, we come to Jesus grateful and humble before him because we understand that he is the way to salvation. And so baptism is just an identification of, yes, I, I want to follow Christ. I'm going to be baptized, and I'm going to be declared a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so we see this here. And then finally, the third, the third part um, of, of what it looks like to be that disciple is um, in verse 20. He says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, I find it, I find it interesting that as, as some of Jesus' last words, this is the thing that, that he tells us. He tells us that he has the authority that we are to 
make disciples, and while, our, while we are going, we, to, we are to do that. We are to be baptized, and we are to teach them to obey all that he has commanded us. Now, he could have given us any information. He could have given us um, the cure for cancer. He could have given us the pathway to make money. He could have given us whatever it is that he wanted, but he chose us to teach us and to tell us this. And so he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so I, I've been thinking about that for quite a while now because um, the reason I haven't been able to come to this church over the summer is because um, I've been interning at another church in Depew called Centerpoint. And I have been helping out in their spiritual formation um, and understanding what it is that, that people need to know about being a disciple of Christ, what it is that we need to walk in and how it is that we are to, to live our lives to represent Christ. And so I've been coming up with um, more like a devotional of understanding what it is that's imperative for people to know about, about Jesus and how it is that we are to walk with him and honor him in that way. And so a lot of people, when, when, when you say or I say Christians, they understand it as you need to be the rule follower, that you need to be the goody two-shoes that never breaks any rules, um, that's always following the rules and, and can't ever do anything either way. I'm not saying we don't do that. I'm not saying we don't follow the rules. Um, but when we become so rule-oriented, it becomes like the Pharisees, so focused on, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm worrying so much about how to do this. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? In my understanding, and from what the text says here, it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So Jesus is desiring for us to know who he is. When we have a correct view of Jesus, when we have a correct view of him being the high, majestic, um, loving, sacrificial, giving, king, ruler that he is, when we understand that rightly, it is going to motivate us to go out and to do that, to be obedient to what it is that Jesus had called us to do. Now, there's a lot of things to be obedient about. Jesus talks a lot about, he talks about giving, he talks about worship, he talks about fasting, he talks about loving your neighbor, he talks about a lot of things. And so if you're just going to try and be a rule follower about it, you're going to be like, okay, I have to give 10% this week. Okay, I, I can't be angry at my neighbor, um, so I'm just going to keep the feelings inside. Legalism and trying to follow the rules isn't going to work. It's only when you have that this is who Christ is, this magnificent view of, of our risen king, Savior, is that one we're going to be, wow, I want to obey him out of love for him. I want to, to follow after Jesus because of what he has done for me. When we understand this, we're going to be motivated by love, and out of love, we're going to be obedient to what Jesus says. And so I've often thought, okay, why it is that Jesus uses us in this process? Why does Jesus say, okay, you are to go out and make disciples? Um, why, did, why does he do that? Jesus could save us any way he wanted to. He could, he could I, I don't know, he, he could just poof us and we could be saved, but he chooses to use us as a way to, um, from what I, I would think, as a way to, to show how much we love Jesus. If Jesus just poofed us and we didn't have to do any work, and we didn't have to participate in, um, in salvation as, as Jesus is calling us to do, as, as making disciples, it wouldn't be showing the, 
magnificent love that we have for Jesus. Because when you're motivated by love for something, you're going to want to share that. You're going to want to go out and tell people about it. You're going to, I love Jesus so much, I want you to, to know this. I have been freed from anger. I've been freed from anxiety. I've been freed from whatever, you name it. And out of that love, out of, wow, this is what Jesus has done for me, I'm going to be motivated to share that with everybody who's going to listen to me. And so I find it interesting that, that Jesus partners, uses us to partner with that because he doesn't need us. He doesn't, it's not contingent upon us to do that, but Jesus uses us in that way um, to, for, for us to understand how much we love Jesus. Um, and so what I, what I actually get to do, uh, just to share a brief thing about what it is that I actually get to do. So in Costa Rica, um, I've been there, like I said, for three years. And I came, I came as a student, as, as somebody who just wanted to go and to learn um, and to do ministry. I just was at this place where I'm just like, I want to learn more about the Bible and I want to do ministry. And I didn't see any place where I could do both of those together, both of those at the same time. It was, okay, I could go to, go to school, go to college and learn, or I could join like the Peace Corps and just go out and serve. But I, when I found out this program, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I can do both of these at the same time. God brought me back for another year to intern, to be um, somebody who would be able to then to pour into those students as I was a student and, and people poured into me. I could understand, okay, I know that I'm not perfect, but I want to, to help out. I want to share and I want to, to pour into these other kids' lives. And then last year, God brought me back again. And I was able to be the student life director there and I have been able to, to share and disciple and lead small groups and, and teach and do all this kind of crazy, awesome, fun stuff. And God has me there to be able to disciple the GAP students who come in, um, as, as my focus is, is more on the, the guys, the dudes who are there. Um, they come in and um, kind of where I was. You're 18 years old, and the world says that you have to know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life. So you have to go to college, pick, pick which degree you want, and go out and start doing that. I found that was a lot of pressure at the age of 18 to know what it is that I want to do at that point. And so a lot of these students come in the same way, just unsure of what it is that they want to do. And so I have the opportunity to speak into them and to be like, what it is that God has gifted you with, that, that if you are a follower of Christ, God has gifted you with certain gifts and talents and abilities. How is it that you can use those as a way to glorify God? Um, and so that's, so that's one part. Another part is I'm partnered with, with a, a church ministry. And so each, each morning at about 5 a.m., I get to get up. I get to drive about three hours to um, the church that we have. Um, and we get to do kids club and we get to do youth group, um, which which is exciting and, and interesting because it's, it's in another language, it's in Spanish, which I'm still not the best at. Uh, but it's, it's fun where I get to be able to share just stories of hope, stories of the gospel, of what Jesus has done for us. So we'll, we'll take a look at um, the story of the prodigal son and looking at the father, that the merciful and gracious father that he is to us, that that is a representation of who God is. Um, and we'll look at these stories and, and share with them and be able to see that. And so these, these um, things that I get to do 
are a blessing. I, I love what I do because I am able to teach. I'm able to show the love of Christ and to, to call people to, to see this glorious, majestic view of who Christ is. Um, and so that's just a little bit about me and myself and what I get to do. And so my question is for you guys, what it is, how, how is it that you, you are making disciples? How is it that you are a representation of Christ right here, right now, today? Um, and so me and Earl were, were talking about softball earlier today um, as a way just where you get guys together. You get guys who um, just want to have fun and play softball and, and try to win and try to, to win some playoff games. Unfortunately, we did not. But there's always next year, just like the Bills. So we're living on a hope and a prayer. But um, guys who just want to go out, have fun, play softball, and want to learn about Jesus. And so what areas in your life are there talents, are there abilities that, that you like doing that you can invite people in, that you can, um, that you can be like, hey, like, I like to bake. I like to bake cookies, and I like to, to bake cakes or whatever. And you can bring people together and be like, hey, like, let's, let's do this together. Bring friends from your work. Bring friends from outside. And be like, let's just have a baking day. And maybe if you like to eat, you can be like, hey, we're going to partner with the baking people, and we can eat what they bake, and we can come together and all eat it together. And I don't know. But what, it is, what is it that you have in your life? What gifts, talents, abilities that you can use to bring people in so that you can make disciples of Christ, that, that you can help people to learn what it is, um, what, what they need to know about Christ? Because in my understanding, there's, there's two types of learners. There's learners who are dedicated to Christ and just who want to continue to grow and learn I am a disciple of Christ. I need to know what that is, and um, I want to continue to understand. And then there's the worldly learners. There are those people who um, are going through life and just trying to figure out what it is. They are the non they're non-believers who are just, okay, well, what does this life have to offer? They're trying to, to find out their purpose, their meaning, their value in life. And so they, too, are learners. They, too, are trying to, to find their place and trying to learn. What better way than sharing with them and friending them and, and bringing them into your community and being able to share the love of Christ with them? So my challenge to you guys is to, to, to better understand how it is that we can make disciples um, of our influence, of, of the nations. Jesus calls us to do that of the nations. But how is it that we are to do that in our spheres of influence, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our churches? and all this kind of stuff, how is it that we can make disciples? And so finally, we, we, we come here to the promise that Jesus gives us. We come here, and Jesus finishes out with everything, and he says, Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this would have came as a shock to the audience listening. As they were Jewish people, they would have been shocked by what, what you have heard. Because in their understanding... In the Old Testament, it was always God had designed this people Israel on Mount Sinai. He had designed these people as a chosen nation that they are to go to the tabernacle in order to encounter God. As this time plays out, David wants to build the temple and finally Solomon builds it. And the temple then was in Jerusalem. It was the place where you could meet God. This was the place where everybody wanted to live. So you had the Jewish people surrounding Jerusalem 
as their way to be as close as they could to the presence of God. And so, what Jesus is telling us right here, right now, is that I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus is telling us, God's presence is living inside of us, so it is that we are to go out now and make disciples. It's no longer come in and see what this presence of God looks like solely in Jerusalem. It is we are to go out with the presence of Jesus in us and be lights and representations and images of Jesus to the world. So instead of coming and seeing, it's go out and telling. So part of our responsibility is to go out and share what it is that Jesus has done for us. So, how is that we can do that? How is that we can represent Jesus in that way to represent who Jesus is and what he has done for us? So as, as I said here, we have Jesus' authority. The authority that Jesus has is given to him by God the Father. Jesus says, I have authority over everything. And he is the one who is commissioning us. So do we believe that Jesus has all authority? Do we believe that Jesus is the ruler, the king, the most precious one? Because if it is, that should motivate us to action. That should motivate us to being obedient to what it is that he has said. Do we believe um, that our, our goal, our purpose, is to go out and make disciples? That if it is our, our single focus and what Jesus has given us um, in Scripture here, that while we are going, we are to make disciples, we are to be baptized, we are to, to teach and have a right view of who Jesus is, that it's not out of legalism, it's not out of rule following, that it's out of a high view of Jesus, that it is, I'm going to follow Jesus and share this with the world, with, with these people around me. And so do you believe, lastly, do you believe the promise that Jesus has given us? Do you believe that Jesus is in fact with us for all of the age, forever? That Jesus will be with us, that Jesus, the presence of Jesus, for those of you who believe that Jesus had lived, died for our sins, he had paid the penalty for us, and that you believe that Jesus has done that, are filled with the Holy Spirit, do you believe that the presence of God is in you today? Because if it is, we should be a people who are going out making disciples. We should be a people who are going out filling the earth with who Jesus is and what Jesus represents. And so those are the questions I have for you today to think on. Um, and I would love, love to, to talk to you about more about Costa Rica. love to talk to you about all that kind of stuff that I do. I, I leave August 14th. Um, but I would love to, to talk to you about that. But before, before I leave and before I close, um, I would just love to, to pray for us, just to pray for God's work in our lives and just this church. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much just um, for your word that speaks um, and calls us to action, God, as, as you are a God of, of authority. You are a God who has, has the authority, God, that... Um, you have commissioned us and called us to, to be obedient to that and a call to make disciples, God. So I pray that we can do this well. I pray that we can be invested in people, be invested in communities in which we can share the gospel, in which we can, can help people become learners of Jesus, and in which we can help people become disciples of Jesus. 
God, help us to understand more of, of what it is that that looks like as, as I don't have it perfect, um, as none of us in here have it perfect, God. I pray that we can live to represent you well, that we can be your image bearers, we can be your representation of Christ on this earth right here and right now, that we can go to the ends of the earth, we can go to all the nations um, sharing the truth of your word, sharing the truth of your gospel, that you have saved us and you have called us. Jesus, thank you so much just for your work on the cross as that is the motivating factor, that is the awesome awesomeness of, of what you've done for us, God, that you've saved us and called us, um, that you have chosen us, you have, you have reached down and chosen us to, to be a people who will represent you God, we are, we are awed and we are floored and we are great, grateful for, for that opportunity um, to live in, in light of that, God. And I pray that we can be motivated. I pray that we can be, um, walk, I pray that we can walk in a manner that is worthy of you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.